Oh, I go first. I normally don't go first. Ooh, we're we're uh, changing up the podcast here today. Oh, wait, we're the. This is the soundcheck. This is the soundcheck. So does it really matter who goes first? The yes, Rock it does because to come up with these elaborate schemes, I need to be able to see what's around me oh, and go. just put it together randomly. Mm. Look, look, look. The, the rock. rock is in Fortnite. Yeah, the Rock when he squad right. The Rock when he squad wipes Naruto, Thanos, Master Chief, and Kratos, but he hears Ariana Grande and Rick Sanchez in the books in the bush next to him. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Imagine squad wiping, squad wiping Kratos. I Thanos, know this is supposed Master to be Chief. the 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 sound check, but um, the Rock taking over the world. I mean, seriously, yeah, that's so stupid. The dude is like literally. In every single thing. The next thing we're going to see, he's going to be like... He owns Disney. He's going to be advertising toilet paper. Jesus the Christ. Rock's toilet paper. The Rock's toilet paper. The People's toilet paper. Paper. I paper mean... Paper and Rock. Yeah, paper not a good, and Rock. That's not a good match, though. But I like, literally, does, he's like in everything. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Weren't, weren't they even talking about him being like the president of the United States or something like that? Yeah, I heard something about I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. But the Rock is... I don't know. I said it before, and I'll say it again. It's like... I don't know. I don't, I don't know. He's ha- he's getting... It's out it's, of hand. It's the it's Rock's like world. It's the Rock's world, and we just live in it. Yeah, that's exactly my point. Literally. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he's the, remember the thing that you talked about? DC Marvel cross. He's literally asking for crossovers and watch Marvel he's gonna, and DC. He's gonna get it done too. Yeah, you know, menace, bro. They're literally. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine what Warner Brothers is is <laughs> their opinions on that. Right? They've got to yes. be pissed off. Even the MCU. Well, MCU maybe. Not. MCU doesn't care. MCU doesn't. They're care. making money. Yeah. It's it's WB that's like, please somebody watch our movies. Yeah, but I mean. We take the superheroes and totally screw them up. Rumble, they're going to take your face off. Okay. It's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. What? Huh? No. What? Put in the work, put in the hours, and take what's ours. Say it again. Black and Samoan in my veins. My culture banging was strange. My I changed the game, so what's my... I can't say that, though. Yeah. La, da, da, da. La, da, 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 da. Spirit of the fire, evil um, rock be like. It's not about power. It's not about drive. Drive. We don't. We are not hungry. We don't devour. <laughs> is that like supposed to be a serious song, or is it? Is this like a joke song? That's no, a that's serious a serious song. song. He like Christ. legitimately it's, it's rapped good. on it. It's good. It's actually fire, bro. Okay. The rock's verse goes hard. I don't even lie. Okay. Cross chat gen God. sound check. Done. It's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. We devour. Put in the work. Put in the hours. Take little lots hours. Black and small and in my veins. My culture banging with strange. I changed the game. So what's my mother effing name? When they gonna get the Desecration defamation, defamation If, if you, you wanna, wanna bring it to, it to the, the masses. masses Face to face Now we escalating When we have to boot, Boots the Beep <laughs> Yeah yeah I guess that works Mean on you Like a giant Like Jesus Like a dream When I'm Rumbling We're gonna You're gonna scream, scream mama. mama Mama 
So bring drama to the King Brahma. Then what? Something with extreme mana. Hoo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Oh. Oh. And welcome once again to the CrossGen Podcast. I like to thank all of our listeners in the United States and around the world. I am your host, Walt, and I am here by with um, my two other cohorts, my two my two um, partners in crime, AJ and Eli. Guys, say hi. No. Oh, that rhymes. Sort of. That's right, because I'm I'm in a lyrical I'm in a lyrical mood right now. I am dropping lyrics. You're the goat. You're the goat. The greatest rapper of all time. That's right. But no, most lyrical, spitting lines. Top five, maybe even better than Nas. It's debatable. Spitting lines and dropping dimes. That's what I do. Oh yeah. Okay. What about it? What about it? Uh, oh wait, wait. Did you say your name? What did you say your name? He said our names. Oh wait. Oh yeah. Oh wait. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Hi. Booyah. There you go. He said hi. I don't know. Um, Well, we're going to tell everybody again, thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Drop us a line. Let us know. We'll be fine as we go. Booyah. I'm just just dropping lyrics all over the place. I am like a lyrical god right now. I'm putting I'm putting Tech Nine and Eminem and Busta Rhymes to shame, Tech boy. Nine. I don't know what is that the guy's name. Yeah. All right then. He's, sorry, he's just I don't know. It's it's okay. He's, uh, it. he's okay. He's okay. Wiki wiki, wiki what? what the, oh my gosh. <laughs> but whatever, whatever. whatever. He's like. Yeah, I'm lost as well. He just like, what the heck is going on here? We were cool rappers and make any sense. <laughs> what the hell? Come on, AJ. MC MCA to the J. Let's go. Eli knows better than anyone that rappers are depraved. Oh, no, don't start that. Don't start that. Don't start that. Yeah, man. It's a I'm rapper's delight. No, no, I'm not even going to say it. You wouldn't dare. I'm not even going to say it. What? Oh, that song you guys were playing when we walked in? What was it? Uh, no, no. Okay. Well, you want to know about that? You can know about that. Yes, so please. There is, uh, I, I walked into that, and you shut it fault. off. That's all his And fault. then mom was like, no, what happened? Put it back on. And you got like, no. <laughs> Like what are you talking about? What was that all about? I that I need to know. So you know that song by Snoop Dogg, Gin and Juice. Of course, classic. Yeah, classic. West. Coast that was a country remix. Oh go. God. <laughs> it's hard. Okay, now I now I totally understand. I don't know why some who possessed no, that. Listen, person? not to this country music. I, I hate to say it, I'm not the biggest fan, but. Gin and You're Juice crazy. Country. You're crazy. What, what did they change it to Gin and Moonshine? No, 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 no. no. It's, it's literally they sing the song word for word, but it's like Gin and Juice. Yeah. Hold up. <laughs> You're gonna hold up. No. I'm not, I'm not gonna play it, but I'm just gonna try and I'm gonna look up the lyrics and try and visualize it in my head. 
So where's where's these lyrics? Yeah. And it doesn't even have the same tune. They just <laughs> took the lyrics and copied. No, it, it, it. Oh, well, actually, no, it doesn't have. No, it you're doesn't right. You're right. You're right. Oh God. We had so much drama in the LBC. No, no. It's kind of no, hard. Not like that. Not like that. D-O-double-G. But no. I it has somehow, some way. It has a very lively, upbeat tune. Like, they're happy. With so much drama in the LBC. It's kind of hard in being Snoop D-O-double-G. But somehow, some way. Keep coming up with funky ass shit. Oops. Whoops. So seriously? Just almost like that. Again, no disrespect to people who listen to like country music and it's and just stuff, but like it's just I'm a little sorry. ridiculous to apply gin and juice yeah. to a in, in a country vein. They or like a it's like a hybrid of like a country or folksy type of type of vibe. It's folksy. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> so, anyway, besides that, um, we actually have something to talk about today. Yes. I'm, I still have this, this, I still have this thing in my head. I, I, I really do. Like a low rider horse somewhere around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just the horse bouncing up and down and whatever. whatever. A low rider horse. <laughs> a low rider horse. Imagine oh that. that it's a horse with really short legs. <laughs> Just, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's a donkey whose legs grow and retract. Oh, okay. <laughs> and they pimped it so that it has lights under there, too. Oh, oh that's disgusting. Neons. Neon purple lights just flashing <laughs> while, he, while his legs retract. Oh, so where man. does the fuzzy dice go? Fuzzy, oh my gosh, this is horrible. All right, anyway, um, we have totally gone completely off the rails here. I am so sorry, guys. Although it's partly my fault, but anyway. Um, that being said, we're, we're going to move away from West Coast country. And we're going to go into the the selva of Colombia. We're going to be talking about Netflix Narcos season one through three. What? Oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> what? What? We're talking about. We're going to be talking about Narcos. What? We're talking about Narcos. What? We're going to be talking about Narcos. We're talking about what? Narcos season one through three. Okay. Big shout out to who is it? Um, Dave John. Chappelle. Yeah, Dave and Chappelle. Little John. Little oh John. yeah, Little John. Oh my gosh, Little John. I mean, if you haven't seen the skit, you really should. It is hilarious. Um, okay. And then he's gosh. like, "Excuse me, but will these be applied to my airport points?" <laughs> My frequent flyer miles. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, yes. Let, let's talk narcos after that really, really weird entrance. The rock to country gin and juice to little God. John. You can't get away from that. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, we're going off the rails. Yeah. Okay, get okay. back on the rails. Narcos. Narcos is a show that came out on Netflix way back in August twenty eighth of. 2015 yes we're a little late oh, so wow. this is kind of a retro perspective of narcos right 
So yes. the cross-gen retro perspective. Yes. So again, uh, this thing came out in August of 2015. It stars Boyd Holbrook, Pedro Pascal, and Wagner Muda. Wagner Muda. Muda, 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 Muda. Oh my gosh. No. Mora. Mora. Oh. Yes. M O U R A. Okay. And just to read off of the description of what this is, Netflix chronicles the rise of the cocaine trade in Colombia and the gripping real life stories of drug kingpins of the late 80s in this raw, gritty original series. Um, and this series for the most part, and we're going to get into it, it focuses on the notorious drug lord Pablo Escobar. Mm -hmm. And notorious is a word not to be used lightly because the man, he did some stuff. He did some stuff, you know? Um, And so, like I said, we, we got three seasons of Narcos. There is a secondary series, series um, to Narcos called Narcos Mexico, which just wrapped up its last season, season three. So it's three seasons for Narcos Mexico also. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, the first season of Narcos Mexico was intended to be season four of Narcos. But then they kind of did a 180 and said, you know what? Let's just give it its own thing. Um, so let's talk about the original Narcos, um, Pablo Escobar, in the very first episode, Plomo o Plata, right? Yeah. That is literally, it sets up everything that happens afterwards, especially with Pablo Escobar, right? Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, guys, give us, give us, I've given the general description of what the show is about. Um, why don't you guys tell us exactly what, how you guys perceive the show so basically the whole show while it does focus a great deal on pablo escobar what it really focuses on is like the i guess you'd call it the cocaine epidemic of like the late 70s 80s -hmm. yeah um so, you know, obviously it starts big with Pablo Escobar because he was kind of the, I guess, the first one to really make it blow up mm-hmm. because he had like all these, um, he had all these routes that like really made the, that really made, I guess, the product movable. And then because it was becoming such a big thing that that kind of just like ballooned like his operation eventually because he'd have like so much money. He didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, and and fun. Interestingly enough, the king of cocaine, as he is referred to and called, um, he is actually the wealthiest criminal in history. Um, it is said that he amassed an estimated net worth of thirty billion dollars. Whoa, Jesus! Okay, Christ. and that's thirty billion dollars back then. If you take it into account inflation, it's like 60 as now. A, yeah, $64 billion. That's how much the guy is worth, was worth. Um, he really kind of he really kind of monopolized the uh the drug trade, especially coming into the US. Like the US, that was that was the biggest thing. And that's why the DEA got really, really intimately involved because his operation really flooded the u.s with all this cocaine he was 
really big into that. Um, dude was born in December of 1949. December. Yep. Born in Rio Negro and raised in Medellin, mm-hmm. Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, a, he's, he went to university. Yeah, but yeah. then he dropped out, I believe. Didn't, he he did. was also, yeah. didn't he work as like a cop or something like that? No. Well, no. He, no. instead of going to, to university, he was basically selling illegal cigarettes and fake lottery tickets. That's how he started. And per digital you know? spy, he did work as what? Oh, okay. He did work as a police officer. What? Interesting. Yeah, he did. I'm pretty sure because that's what it says um, on an article that I read it, like not too long ago. Hmm. Okay. So I don't know. Okay. Well, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me because I mean the dude did run for pre- president of Colombia. Yeah. So you know. Okay. Well, I mean when you yeah all right. He, I mean, more like as hard as that might to be, we're gonna get into it. More bizarre things have happened. Oh, the dude was really, really off the rails, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, so the show begins. He seems like he's a pretty, um, well put together guy, right? Like he he seems like he knows what he's doing, you know. And he's when the show started, he he's already started the Medellin cartel at that point, right? No. He hasn't started yet? or He's alone. Froze? He. What happens is once his operation gets big enough, That's then true. guys like Gotcha and the Ochoa brothers approach him, at least as far as the show is concerned. Because they kind of like want to, I guess, get a cut in on it or yeah, something but like he's, that. He's kind of already into the drug trade at this point. Yeah. You know? He just wasn't doing cocaine. But despite all of that, I mean, he was he was he had police officers, you know, he had the fear factor going, which is something that was big that the show really brought out was that everybody was afraid of Pablo Escobar. And it's weird, too, because they also loved him at the beginning, at the beginning, you know, because he he had like two different faces for the show. Right. Um, as, as long as the shows he had the face the public face, right, where he, you saw him during the show um, going around, you know, doing charity, you know, building hospitals and schools and houses for the people of Medellin. There's a, there's a scene where he's literally giving people money. You know what I'm What's saying? What's his name? Paisa Robin Hood? Who? Yeah. Paisa Robin Hood. Paisa Robin Hood. Yeah, that's right. his Something name. Like that. But then you had the really really darker side of pablo escobar where he was willing to you know kill entire families you know blow up cars and stuff like that so you know he he was really you know both sides of one coin at one point but then as the show went on um things kind of changed so at the beginning, he's he's starting the Medellin cartel, and I think that's the thing that really, at that point, gets the eye of the DEA, right? Um, so the two characters that we see, Agent Murphy and Agent Pena, okay. and then and they're kind of not with uh, the DEA, but with then Search Block, I think, or was it just like the Colombian police? You had Carillo. 
Yes. So Search Block was a, a unit that was formed in Colombia um, specifically to get Pablo Escobar, right? And so Boyd Holbrook plays um, Agent Murphy, and Agent Pena is played by Pedro Pascal. Pascal. And the interesting thing is that, especially for the first two seasons, everything is viewed through the vein of Agent Murphy's eyes, right? He's, like, literally narrating the show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so it was really difficult for them to get Pablo, isn't it? Right? Oh, yeah. difficult is, like, an understatement. Yeah. It really is. It took years. Right, and yeah. he always found a way to kind of weasel his his way out so, of these sticky situations that they found themselves oh in, right? Yeah. It's always escape. He always had a planned escape route. It's always escaping through the back or something. And there was like one time, oh my gosh, you know, I'm not even going to get into that yet. No, why don't, why don't we? Okay. There was one time he was leaving, like, he. We're, I'm not going to spoil the actual facility because I want to get to that as like a separate, you know, that's part of the bizarreness. But he's walking away from this facility and he's going like through the jungle and he's, he's trying to get to a car or something like that, right? The army intercepts him. The army that was trying to get him. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so he walks up to them like, Oh, he's very passive about it too. He's like, "Oh, hi there. Uh, could you guys like move aside so we could pass him and his then cousin?" And they were like, "And it's weird because as they were, they out. He didn't even have a gun. I don't think he had a gun, or if it was, it was like in his butt pocket or something like that. Mm-hmm. They all have their guns trained on him, like semi-automatics, and they were sitting there trembling, like, "Holy crap." Okay, he's here. And um, super respectful, right? Yeah. Like that, that's always been the thing. It's like Senor Escobar, you know? It, it, it wasn't even the thing where it's like, you know, um, yeah, you're a criminal. I got I got nothing for you. He was like, he, he was almost treated like royalty. Yeah. Even though he was a flat-out criminal, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like, <laughs> they're sitting there, quote-unquote, deciding what to do, even though they should know what they got to do. And eventually he just walks up to them like, All right, just get, get, get out of the way, please. Get, get, move. And they just let him and his cousin stroll right on through. Yeah, I know. It's insane. Bro. It is. <laughs> yeah. But they, that is really born of the reputation that he built over the years prior to that, right? Yeah. So, totally. Pablo, I, I think we we should do a deeper dive on Pablo Escobar, but I want to first talk about the two agents, uh, Agent Murphy and Agent Pena. And I think we can kind of lump in um, Captain Correa or Colonel Correa. Colonel. Colonel Correa, right? Let's, let's talk about those guys because those guys really, um, the show, while it is about Pablo Escobar, it really focuses on the agents and the efforts that they they did and the hoops and obstacles that they had to overcome to to do this because you know what um pablo had a lot of friends in high places Mm -hmm. and for some people it wasn't in their best interest to have him captured um but let's talk about it so agent murphy what, what did you guys think of him as a character in the show 
and, I, a, and a real life character, right? Yeah, because this is, I, uh, it is the show is supposed to very closely follow the events as they happened. Um, Murphy, I, I feel bad for both of them because like everything they try to do everything by the book. That that was their whole thing, season one, or at least for like more than half of season one. Yeah, a good part. They of try it. to do everything by the book. They try using the normal procedures, but again, Pablo's so like um, he's so crafty so and, and paranoid stubborn. too. And, yeah, it, a lot of it was also was just born of his paranoia. But I mean, it wasn't really paranoia because they were actually. There and yeah, ready it, to get it. Is it really paranoia if they somebody's said actually after you? you they know? even said it in the show. Yeah, yeah. like, and and it's sad because at a point uh, they realize that even though it's gonna cost them their, I guess, police souls or Morality. their soul. Yeah, that in general, mm-hmm. they have to like do some really crappy stuff. Just to get him, or even get close to him. Yeah, I think um, that is really embodied in the character of Pena. Colonel Carrillo. Oh wait, Carrillo. Oh yeah, and Pena too. Yeah, Pena, and Pena, Pena, Pena but Carrillo. Oh yeah, really, really went, you know, dark side and and stuff. Because I, if I remember correctly, Carrillo, when we first saw him in the show and we first met him as viewers, right? He wasn't. He was kind of like a to the book kind of guy in a sense, right? You get yeah. that you get that like yeah. like he was most part. Yeah, for the most part he was kind of like and by the time that you know we see him further along in the show, the man is literally killing kids. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, so so the desperation of trying to get Pablo Escobar off the streets because especially at that point uh, Escobar had really become unhinged and was an existential threat to Colombia and Colombian life, you know, and the citizens of Colombia in terms of the amount of violence that he was raining down on the streets. Like, one, one thing I remember, he bombed, like, the the Capitol building, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was actually able to get away with files that was going to put him away or something like that. Yes. There While was they were bombing it. He used the the other the the gorilla the gorillas, right? Yeah, as a distraction. I th- or no, yeah, he. The bomb was a distraction, wasn't it? No, while I they thought... while they intercepted and went into the capital itself. And no, I think he was working with the gorillas. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like the bomb, the bomb served as a distraction while the gorillas went in and did their their stuff yeah right. i i oh i'm i'm a little a hazy little on that down, but that sounds right that yeah. sounds right so there's that there's also the very unfortunate thing this also happened in real life he blew up that plane flight 209 mm-hmm. yeah. just to get one guy yeah one guy and <laughs> and it was sad the way they did in the show too because this dude was like super eager to actually help him because like like you said earlier he was uh on the public side, he was like the the little people's Robin Hood, you know? And so he was like, dude, I am, like, so down to help you. And meanwhile, they're practically turning this guy into a bomb. Yeah. 
Well, well it, it, it's it's well, yeah. kind of, and, and so you see that scene, and you know, it really it really kind of gives you a perspective of the things that happen in the Middle East because it's those kind of tactics that create the suicide bombers over there, and and what it is is that. You know, a lot of the people over there, they use their positions of influence and power to people who don't have much, right? Mm -hmm. And they promise them riches and they promise them, you know, all this and stuff like that to do this act. And that's basically... Now, the 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 really sad part about it yeah. is that the kid in Narcos, he had no idea what he was doing. Yeah. You know? The person... Like, he literally thought that he was just there to record somebody, but it turns out the tape recorder itself was the actual bomb. And, you know, a lot of it was the lore of Pablo Escobar and, you know, his magnanimous nature that he has. And, you know, he's, he's a very engaging person. You know, he's very charismatic and stuff. But he also gave him the promises that he was going to take care of his family. Did he, though? Well, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. It it doesn't matter. But when Pablo Escobar comes to your house and says, "Do this thing for me," I'm gonna take care of your family. Yeah. You know, the implication is that you've seen him do these great things for the the country and and the city that you live in. Why would I think otherwise? You know, I have this respected person in my house, um, and you know. He's just asking me to record somebody. How could I turn him down? You know, yeah. not knowing. Dude went boom. Yeah. The, the spoiler alert, right? No, it's been five years since this has been out. No. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. But the person wasn't even on the plane. Right. So that, that yeah, the person that they were targeting. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, because yeah, they were, the they were targeting Gavidia. Yes. And, and his. And his um, assistant, his right-hand man, was really pushing him to go. I forget where they were going. Mm, actually, it was Murphy who insisted that they stop. His right, assistant that's, No, that's what I'm said, saying. That's, what, he, that's he, what I'm saying. Oh. The assistant, his right-hand man, was the one that was pushing Gavira, the, the, the president, to go on this plane. I forget where they yeah, were going. Yeah. And it was, you're right, it was Agent Murphy that said, you know what? I have a really bad feeling about this. You shouldn't be doing this and stuff like that. And it's funny, while they're having the conversation, the kid with the tape recorder walks right by them, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it was, yeah, like I was saying, it was the, I can't remember his name, but he was like a super important character in the first the first season of of. He was Narcos. the Minister of Defense. Yeah. Uh, don't remember uh, his name. Stinky head. What's his name? Uh... He was actually a very important character, especially for the president, because the president really had um, some crisis of consciousness uh, a lot of times during the thing. And he was kind of like the guy that studied him and said, you know what, this is what you have to do. This is what you had. At the end of the day, he actually fell on the sword for him, right? Yeah. Because he, he took the blame for what happened at the end of season one. And... Um, Kind kind of lost his political career in, in yeah. a sense, right? Wait, who? Um, um, his right hand man. I oh, think yeah. no, oh, yeah, it yeah. had to do with. Um, so this is the other thing that happened because <laughs> I can't not I can't avoid it anymore. So there was a point where Pablo Escobar surrendered. 
because he couldn't keep up the narco terrorism and whatnot, right? But it had to be on his terms. Otherwise, he was just going to keep bombing stuff. So the deal he strikes is this. One, you are getting expedition out of Congress. I cannot be expedited to the States. Right. Get rid of it forever. Extra, extradition. Yeah, extradition. Yeah, yeah. sorry. So that, that was a big thing back then where um, a, lot, a lot of the the drug kingpins, the one thing that they worried probably the most was being um, sent to the United States to stand trial. And that was that whole extradition policy. And that was a, that was part of almost a policy of Colombia. It did, it was supposed to be enacted, right? And some, some way, shape or form, he found a way not to get them to do it. Right. This way. Okay. So that's the way. So because of his actions, in what AJ is about to speak about, the extradition clause when it came to, um, you know, drug dealers and drug kingpins in Colombia was actually axed. And so AJ is going to continue on what exactly this bonkers surrender really is. Yes. So extradition Mm -hmm. off the table. Then this is the this is probably the most controversial part of many. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Pablo couldn't be sent to just any prison. He had to be sent to a prison of his own design, a prison with his own guards, a prison that he builds from scratch, right? From scratch and the military police, all guys of that nature, cannot come within like a what, like a fifty meter radius of the Something vicinity. Like yeah. Basically, they couldn't touch the joint, and because they honestly couldn't keep, you know, the people were getting tired. There was mounting pressure to just like, come on, just, we we got to stop this. Uh, Gavidia ended up having to cave in and say all right you get your deal was did he cave in because he kidnapped all those people was that the break oh yes the 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 journalist i remember that so and the journalist was especially one of them was the daughter of one of the a prominent politician right yeah so pablo escobar went as far as kidnapping um people of power, you know, or the family is a people of power. And I think that was the breaking point. Yeah. Breaking point for because the sad thing was it wasn't even Pablo that because she ended up dying. Mm-hmm. She she ended up dying in, in the crossfire because I actually found out where she was by accident or something like that. Yeah. But she ended up just in the crossfire. It was a really bad blunder. So this prison that he built, and and I'm just going to expound on what AJ was saying. This wasn't any normal prison. Oh, no. We're we're talking about a prison that um, had a full soccer court. We're talking jacuzzis, hot tubs. Um, They even shipped, and wasn't that a big part of... The golden toilet. The golden toilet, right? Talk about the golden toilet a little bit. 
it was basically a really fancy custom made toilet that Pablo had uh, had shipped there. Um, I yeah, believe it becomes instrumental in, I guess, tracking him down later because, like, when they were, I guess, looking for him, it popped up somewhere and they were like, eh, that's the golden toilet. Yep. That's the golden toilet. Yeah. He's been around here. So, um, the the other more important thing, and it leads to the end of season one, um, the fact that he had the prison built from scratch, that kind of plays a big, big important part in the way season one ended because along with not only the prison, he built tunnels. Yeah. Tunnels that enabled him a to be able to smuggle people into the place, right? Um, B smuggling, you know, goods and services into the place. Pool but that but, stuff like that. Yeah, but that also enabled him at the end of the day when we get to the end of season one to be able to escape, right? And yeah. that that was a big thing. So, um. Agent Pena and Agent Agent Murphy really get rung through the put through the ringer. Yeah, they get really put through the ringer in both seasons. But like, oh wait, we're also forgetting one thing. Part of the part of the deal was that he had to disband Search Block, and that's why Carrillo had to get shipped out. So let's talk a little bit about Carrillo and Search Block because that we, we've talked about Murphy. We're going to get to Pena a little bit in depth later because he plays a bigger role in later seasons, right? Um, Season but, three. Yeah. But ju- just to just to start out with Pena. Pena, the first time we see him, we kind of feel like he's a, a bit of a scumbag, right? Yeah. That's that's how they kind of portray him. His character takes a, a very interesting character arc throughout the series. But we'll get back to him. But let's talk about Carrillo and the search box because that in of itself, by a, by a, it by alone, is a super interesting part of Narcos, right? Yeah. So basically, since the police were like, well, they were bought. The police, um, the army, the politicians, the judges, right? Yeah. Anybody, anybody, probably even the 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 parking ticket guys. Yeah. Oh like uh eventually I think it was was it Gavidia who set up search block? Yes. Or was it previously something that existed? I, I don't remember. But basically the whole point of search block is that they're like a specialized unit that are like uh they're they're specially trained police officers and they do what apparently these other guys can't. And so at first there were a lot of blunders because they're doing everything by the book. But again, like with the DEA agents, as time goes on and everyone gets tired and tired and tired of all these bombings, people showing up dead, cops showing up dead left and right, they just take this turn where it's like, all right, you know what? We just got to get him by any means necessary. It doesn't even matter. Who cares? Yeah. Wasn't there a point also in the show? And was it season one? I don't remember where Escobar actually went and started killing police officers left and right. Yes, that was Um, that 
was I think if I remember was correctly, that, that was one of the, no it was season one. Season one. It right? happened in season one at first, and then I think there was a smaller repeat of that in season two, okay. if I remember correctly. But my memory is a little hazy on that. But, I mean, but, like sooner or later, I mean they they crossed the line. That's for sure. And that, they crossed the line like a while back, and they had done nothing because of how much the government, you know, wanted to stay by the book, not to not to like really. Uh, deal with any of like the political issues and the public itself considering the public was against practically was practically against what they were doing um mm-hmm. Rio just decided to you know um it's finally time to take it into into my hands and kind of so, went into punisher mode didn't he yeah yeah like sure. the first time if i'm remembering correctly we ever see them actually like kind of cross legal lines is when they actually catch his cousin Yes. Pablo's cousin. And that's, is that when they brought him back or is that after? No, he gets. Was that before? That that happens before he gets sent away. Okay. So, you know, you remember the scene too, Eli. Like he was, they were interrogating him and it wasn't like a, yeah, Hector. I thought they were brothers. No, well, they, they're like, their relationship is like that of brothers, but they're cousins. But um yeah so uh oh shoot yeah yeah that's right because they got uh they got him like what through his through the Achoa's sister yeah the Achoa's because they were having like a I yeah. guess a whole spat uh but. but yeah basically what happened was like Carrillo literally oh my gosh he he I'm not gonna say he crossed the lines but he definitely did some crazy things during that time I mean and then at the end. <laughs> he end up. He just straight up executed him. Yeah, he didn't even bring him in. And then the guy was. And this is this is how you know that they finally started crossing the line, because one of the officers walks up to Carrillo and he's like, "Uh, yeah. so um, how how can we? Because he says, dump him somewhere. Say we found him and he shot back, but he didn't shoot back. The wounds don't. Da 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 da. Yeah, and he just shoots him. Right now there. it looks like he shot back. <laughs> Report it now." Yeah, and it's like he was—he just wanted to get things done and finally get this over with because of how many, you know. I mean, as someone who like is like in a high position for like a task force, um, he loses a lot of people who he probably knows very well. I mean, no, he even said it—he probably knew like most of them by name. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he's losing people like that is just, you know. You can say that the government is willing is willing to the to to let this happen, but like it's it's not some, it's different when you're talking about somebody who knows the who knows these people who probably even knows their family. And yeah, and, and it's interesting because Carrillo, um, like I said, he 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 does start this dark path, right? Agent Pena is kind of okay with it. You know, yeah. he's he's always had this this kind of um, okayedness with with a lot of the things that happened. Agent Murphy, however, wasn't. Agent mm-hmm. Murphy was ki- is kind of like the green guy. You know, he's brand new to all of this stuff. And I remember distinctly, there's a point where, you know, Agent Murphy is finally at his breaking point, right? And there is a raid that's about to happen, and um, Korea, he wants to go with Korea. And both Carrillo and Pena look at him, and I was like, are you sure? Because you know what? 
if you come, this means that you're fully in. You're all in. Like, you're not on the sidelines. You're actually going to be a part of this, and you've got to get comfortable with what we're about to do, you know? Um, And Agent Murphy was kind of like, okay, let's do it. And I can't remember exactly what happened, but, you know, he kind of came back from that, that mission a little shaken, right? No, it, it wasn't a raid. Um, he was going to, well, yeah, I think that happened in season one, but in season two, it happens again because yes. Carrillo comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the where he's talking to the guy in the helicopter. Yes, mm-hmm. and it, and then just like Murphy's oh. there, like, yeah, okay, so we're talking, we're talking. Okay, what's our next move? He finally, uh, he all of a sudden, this guy, he gets thrown out the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> And then Murphy was just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. At, th- at that time, uh, Carrillo was fully dark side at that moment. You know? Yeah. He, he, Pablo was scared of him. Wasn't messing around. Bro. Yeah. And that's the interesting thing, right? Because that's, he didn't that's fear too, right? Yeah. He literally had nightmares. He didn't fear anybody, not the president, the police, the army, nobody. Carrillo, that guy had nightmares about him. Yeah, bro. I mean, he was he was literally willing to to take down everyone, everyone involved with Pablo. And it's, it's he was your favorite. Ca- he was your favorite character, right? Yeah, Eli? for sure. I mean, especially that in that actor is amazing. When when they when they were brought him back in season two, there was just like I was on the edge of my seat, bro, because he's coming back. My guy, things are going to get done, oh, but yes. it's going to be dirty. Yeah, he's going to get his hands dirty. And even and but the thing is like he's all about like you know fighting for his country and fighting for the people for for yeah. the people he knows so it's not like he does it to be like like he's well, not at some point well yes but my point is he doesn't do it because he like really really likes it and he gets a sadistic yeah. joy out of doing it yeah, he does uh... it because he has to, and he knows this is the only way he's going to get it done. It, it's a mean to an end. Yeah, they're you know? nemesises, though. It's, they were. Yeah, they were. Well, yeah, they were like rivals, and that that sort of rivalry is like really what what um what I liked about their care their his character um because nobody really rivaled Pablo like he did. I mean. Right. Yeah. There was there was nobody that nobody was re- willing to take the measures that Carrillo did. Yeah, mm. I mean, you had two presidents yeah. that was willing to look look well, the other way for him. You not, know, not not them. Um, you well, had you had various politicians and and you know army army generals and and stuff that literally were judges that were in his pocket. He yeah. really didn't. Pablo had nobody that would blatantly disrespect them like that. Nobody until Los Pepes. No, I wouldn't even say Los Pepes, bro. I wouldn't even say Los Pepes. I don't I think Los Pepes represented a thorn in the side of Pablo Escobar. He was literally afraid of Carrillo. Carrillo was Carrillo, number one. And, and Carrillo, Carrillo, what did he do when he first came back? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. He went straight into Medellin. He went straight into the court square, and I think wasn't that a statue of Pablo Escobar? It then? was a mural, right? Mural. And he went and he pissed on it, knowing he had people escorting there, yeah, just to do, knowing it. Oh that God. it was going to get back to Pablo. And I, I like I said, 
I don't think there is one okay. person. If, if you, if Fine. Los Pepes, I'll did give that, you that. I'll give if you that. Los Pepes did that. Pablo wouldn't react like that because Pablo was literally in fumes. He was like, "We have to take this dude down, literally right this second. Yeah, like everything from from the longer. point that Carrillo came back, everything for Pablo was we need to find a way to get rid of this guy. He was number one priority. Yeah, Los Pepes, which came in season two was more of like he wasn't afraid of them in that sense like like the thing with Carrillo was personal yeah you know that there was something personal between those two los pepes were were they were kind of like okay they're messing up my operation and stuff like that but i don't think he was ever afraid of them in the manner that he was afraid of Carrillo. yeah for sure Mm, well i mean the only way i Beg to differ is because Los Pepes did some really gruesome stuff. Yeah, but like they did, but he 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 didn't really. Let's be honest. I mean, okay, he didn't care about any of the people that he. Yes, I mean, I, I, again, in the personal respect, yes, Carrillo takes the case, the cake. But if you're talking about things these characters actually do to get to him, I Los Pepes that. is there. Yeah, you know. I guess. I guess. But again, but but it's more again, personal. It's, a, it's yeah. I I think the thing that that we need to really, you know, focus on is the fact that there was a personal relationship between Carrillo killed and his, Pablo. He killed his know? quote and unquote died brother. Like that. Los Pepes. Remember, for the longest time, nobody knew who they were. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of like this faceless organization that's like, yeah, these guys are really really messing my things up, but there was there wasn't that connection that he had yeah. with Carrillo. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that that's why I say it's a little bit different. Carrillo, unfortunately, um, yeah, that was, you know, that sucked. go hard or go home. He went hard until he went home. Yeah. And he would have done a lot more. He probably yeah. would have taken them, him down way before, uh, way earlier. But again, looking at how, how brilliant Pablo Escobar is, oh is in God. terms of a criminal mind. Guy you know, Limon, no. That was God. that was a horrible. That scene was just like it was a gut punch. I mean, it's not a tenfold. Jesus Christ! Mm-hmm. And that scene was like, bro, the way they shot it, everything that went around with it, the like the whole the whole um uh frick, what do you call it? Like the um, the ambush? No, no, like cinematography. No, no, no. It's like. What ambience? I mean, no, oh, not okay. ambience. Like, but like the whole like the, the feel vibe, of it, the vibe. Yeah, the vibe that it gave me with like basically. Okay, let's explain what happens first because it doesn't make sense to start bringing this up. But um, basically, the stupid idiot who finally, ah, <laughs> God, Limon. Okay, Limon gets like recruited for some crap. He basically drives. Well, yeah. yeah. You want to explain? So because. The military presence of Search Block was really kind of hampering Pablo's ability to move around. He had one of his guys, um, it was like his top assassin or something like that. I forget his name. They all had oh, code names. Yes. Um, that was, it wasn't Poison. No, Poison was La dead Kika? at that point. La Kika, yes. Yeah, there you go. He had him go and get someone who was loyal enough to drive him around in a taxi. Someone who doesn't have a criminal record. Right. That guy ends up being Limon. Yeah. And eventually, 
he doesn't just become his driver. He becomes an equally loyal fighter who ended up being very shrewd. And it was, like, really annoying how, like, bastard, like, that guy could be. Yeah, like, you didn't expect it because especially when you first meet him, he seems like he's, yeah, he does some, you know, illegal shady. things, yeah. shady things. But he generally seems like a nice guy, yeah. right? And by by the time he's Pablo's finished with him, all of that is out the window. And he's around killing people and all that other stuff and betraying people. And yeah. he literally leads to the death of Carrillo, right? His loyalty yeah. to Pablo was just on was unrivaled. <laughs> yeah. So Carrillo, you know, gets caught in an ambush and um, literally almost the entire search block is done, right? It's it's like at least in terms of leadership, the only person who manages to get away at least was Trujillo. Yeah, Yeah. that that guy has got like nine lives and stuff, right? Trujillo is definitely another cool character that I like. But that again leads to the desperation of of all the characters involved to get Pena, right, played by Pedro Pascal, to do something that normal law enforcement really doesn't do. Yeah. He reaches out to the anti-communist guerrilla group. Well, through the through through the the friendship, so to speak, or the contact of a drug dealer called Don Berna. Don Berna. (laughs) So he Berna connects them to this communist terrorist, you know, they they're anti-communist, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're, they're actively searching for communists, but they are ruthless. Yeah, and they're also a bit psychotic. Very. <laughs> but through the help of Don Berna, um, he recruits them on the down low, of course, right? Because you can't be involved in them to actively hunt, replace the search block in a sense. Yeah, and hunt down Pablo, Pablo Escobar. Now, the search block under Carrillo was already doing some kind of shady things, right? And you kind of mentioned this before. Los Pepes, they are a whole different other story. Yeah. They are are agents of mayhem, literally. They're like setting people, like, when they get Pablo's people, they make a spectacle of it. They'll, like, they'll hang them in public places. They'll dismember them in places that are easy to find. They'll even set up little like uh, they even had a name for it. I wish I remembered the name, but they'd have these little displays where it's Didn't like it feel like Hannibal like. Uh, yes, right? that's it. Mm-hmm. Hannibal, the TV show on NBC that that played Maybe. a number of years ago. One of the one of the things that yeah. was really big on the show was uh, you know people were murdered, of course. But they were made almost into artwork. Yeah, it was like an art form, like yeah. some sort of. It was insane the way they did it. Now Los Pepes did it, but it was a very, very crude yeah. way. But it was there to send a message, Always. and it was there to send a Always. message to Pablo, and message received loud and clear on many of those things because they literally, again, you know, they they were a huge thorn in the side. They were literally responsible in a sense of stopping drug trade right because he was so hampered in terms of what pablo 
excuse me, Pablo Escobar could do um, by the actions of Los Pepes that it made him virtually impossible for him to continue the business, right? And then you throw in the the added prospect that because there were two really big uh, cartels in Colombia, and this also leads into season three. Um, you have Medellin, which Pablo uh, runs, and then you have Cali. And they were like their rivals. And their whole thing was like, okay, well, we'll share Miami. And that was always the contention, mm -hmm. the U.S. And they had New York, right? Yeah, they had New York. Mm -hmm. They like, because eventually in season two, he made a lot of enemies. And one of them, because at first, Cali was kind of like, okay, we were working together before. We're still working together now. Ended up coming to a point where they were realizing Pablo was kind of on his last legs. And they were kind of like, you know what, let's wash our hands of him. But then Pablo tries to bomb them at uh, like their daughter's wedding or something yeah, like that. that, was, that was and, then, and then <laughs> that's when they say, okay, you know what? F this guy. We're, we're full on going after going at war with him too. Pablo Escobar at the end of season two was really, really unhinged. I mean, you know, there, there were moments where, you know, normal people would kind of take it on the chin. Um, he would not only get angry and frustrated, he would escalate because his hubris was so great and, and his ego was so great that he couldn't accept the fact that people were disrespecting him even after everything that he had worked for had fallen apart. He was not running the cartel anymore, but he still felt that he was the most important person on the, on the face of the planet. And you literally had to kowtow, and people weren't doing it at that point. And that kind of led to his downfall. Um, at the end, it was just him and Lamone in a uh, in a small apartment, dusty, rundown apartment, where finally the DA catches up to him. Yep. You know, and again, it was part of Los Pepes. It was it was due to their help, wasn't it? No, or, that was all the military. And oh, that, um, at that point, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Los Pepes was on their way to get there, right? That's I what it was. I think so. Okay. Um, at that point, they had broken ties, and you know, you get that famous picture of Pablo Escobar dead on the top on the rooftop, and Agent Murphy taking uh, a selfie. Well, not a selfie back then, but a picture with the dead other Pablo Escobar and the other, like uh, I guess, search blockies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was very. It, it mean, was messed it up, is, but yeah. you can kind of understand their joy. But at mm -hmm. this, th that was a very conflicting moment. Like yeah. the whole time, you also kind of like you understood where he was coming from with his own family, with his mom. Oh God, the mom messed up so much. Um, yeah. You also had the people who actually I don't remember where I read it, but twenty five thousand people still showed up to his funeral. I, I can imagine yeah, because. Public support for um, Pablo Escobar really ended when he started his narco terrorism. Well, and and especially when no, he started bombing. It actually, places, right? 
it actually came to a head. Like he had done bombings and stuff before, but mm-hmm. what was truly egregious was when he bombed kids. Yes, exactly. So, and that was where the whole "oh, he's the little people's Robin Hood" that started to fade away. Yeah. So by the end, nobody was was you know in his corner and stuff. So, so that's that's the end yeah. of Pablo's arc. Season one, season one, and season, season two, two yeah, right? Yeah. And, and so that brings us into season three, which we sort of the aftermath. Yeah, it it, it felt a little weird at the yeah. end of season two because we're like, well, what's going to happen now? But even in the the season finale, you cut a sense of where they were going with the story. Cali. Yep, it was the all Cali about Cali, the Cali cartel. Season three shifts its focus from. Agent Murphy. Agent Murphy is actually gone from the show at this point. Um, they really don't mention Not where he went or how, what happened to him. But the focus now becomes Agent Pena. And Agent Pena does some narrating, but not as much as Murphy did. This is more of a straightforward show. Um, and the focus here is on Callie. Now, Callie is a very different thing in terms of the cartel where Pablo Escobar was ruthless and, he, you know, he, he used fear and intimidation and violence to keep everybody in check. Callie was more the business side of, of the For cocaine sure. business, right? Pablo was the, Pablo was the, uh, the bleh. Pablo was the hammer. The Rodriguez brothers were the scalpel. Mm-hmm. Especially Gilberto. Gilberto, oh gosh, yeah. Gilberto. yeah, he's the leader of the Cali cartel, right? Yeah, he definitely was. Um, yeah. yeah. So you have four um, people that really run the cartel, but it, Gilberto is the mm-hmm. unofficial official leader of the group. Um, he has his his brother Miguel Hernandez, right? No, not Hernandez. What is it? What's the last Rodriguez. name? Oh, Rodriguez. They're, they're yes. the Rodriguez oh, brothers. Yes, the Rodriguez brothers. So it's Gilberto and Miguel Rodriguez. Miguel is an interesting character because he always is subservient to Gilberto, right? Yeah. Um, then you have Pacho. Pacho. Oh. And El Chepes. Chepes. El Chepes, right? El, El Chepe? El Chepe or El Chepes. I'm pretty sure it's Chepes. Uh, El Chepe. I'm going to check. Or right maybe now. it's anyway. Chepe. Yeah, yeah, I think it's Chepe. But he's a fantastic character also. Yeah. But he's more of the... Whereas... Uh, Gilberto is is the guy that runs the thing. Pacho is more is he more distribution? I think. Um, Chepe. Chepe. They kind of well. Here's the thing with Cali. They they kind of have um. He, oh God. Um. No no no. So you know you you're right. Uh, you had the two brothers more or less running the whole thing. Right. You had Pacho, who kind of got stuff to and fro. Right. And then you had Chepe, who was kind of the ground muscle and the distributor in New York City. Right, exactly. So they had all their roles, you know, um, and each of them did their roles pretty well. Mm -hmm. Miguel is the one guy that kind of stands out of that group because he's kind of the guy that really didn't have a a defined and a specialized role that he was attached to. Um, he was just there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, and that that 
leads into what happens later in the show and you know what ha- what moves yeah. the plot forward mm-hmm. because Gilberto um they're making money hand over fist especially now that the 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 Medellin cartel is out of the way they are the guys they are number 1 and Eighty percent of the cocaine trade in the world, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. These guys were rich beyond belief, and a part of it was the efficiency that they had because of the way that they they com- conducted business. Right? These guys were really businessmen, criminals, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But Gilberto, um, and so that you have an, another faction. You have two other factions there. You have the Salazars, right? And you have well, North they're part Valley. of North Valley. So, but the Salazars kind of stand out well, because of Pacho, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you have this other, this other group, North Valley, which, to make a comparison, Escobar, uh, Cali is to Escobar what North Valley is to Cali, right? Yeah. North Valley is the second, you know, guys. And true to form, exactly what happened to Pablo Escobar and Cali happens to Cali with North North Valley because there is a point where Gilberto is very shrewd in what he does, right? Yeah. So he kind of does a Pablo Escobar thing. He designs his surrender. (laughs) Yeah. The surrender of the Cali cartel. They, they're literally willing to disband with the notion that they get to keep their riches and they get to keep their legitimate businesses. Kind of ignorant. I'd say it was sort of ignorant, well, right? I wouldn't was say it ignorant that. in the end, though? Well, in the end, like... You it, see why it's not ignorant in the yeah, end. But at the beginning, it really felt like it was like sort of like... I kind of disagree because of, of the, the nature of the government at the time. They were willing to bend themselves backwards just to avoid another Pablo Escobar incident. And so they were willing to give these guys everything that they wanted. And later on, we realized there's more to that, you know, in terms of the corruption in the government there. Yeah, but, you know, but he he was taking advantage of the situation as it presented himself at the time. You know, at Mm -hmm. the time, he knew that he can get away with it. It's just things kind of conspired against Gilberto and his and his crew yeah. to the point where, you know, all these tratos, these these um, deals that they were making, mm-hmm. they kind of fell to the wayside just because of Agent Pena, really. Yeah. yeah, and kind of all these very little mistakes that they made. Um, one of them, they like dumped gas. And it ended up like gassing a bunch of people and killing them. Yeah, that was yeah. David, Miguel's David. son. Oh my oh god! god. That, he's I forgot that was him. That was him. Wow! Was, remember, he so David is Miguel Miguel Rodriguez's son, and he has aspirations. Yeah, you know, and so we see him very early on, and you know, Miguel is is kind of rightfully so a little cautious in giving him a bigger role into this thing because he is a bit of a hothead. Yeah. And so one of the roles was that he, in in terms of them surrendering, 
they were supposed to start breaking up these labs and stuff, right? And so in these labs, there's this very um, toxic gas that's supposed to be dumped properly. What he did, though, you know, I guess for the sake of time, um, let's just dump it in the river by a town. What ended up happening is that all that gas ended up getting into, like, you know, everything in the town, killing almost everybody. <laughs> so, you know. And then after that, Callie became a little more on the radar as Pena pushed. And eventually they tail Gilberto and they capture him. He goes to prison. Right. You know what's funny? Javier, or Agent Pena, he wasn't even, uh, in real life, he wasn't even involved in this case at all. It oh, was really? all, um, what's his name? Uh, Van Ness and uh, the other dude. What's his name? Feistel. Feistel, yeah. It's all them. So it's sort of weird. But, I mean, yeah, whatever. But basically, yeah. Well, again, this is based on real life, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. But David, and again, he's another guy that, that plays into kind of the fall of Cali also, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because his hot-headedness and he he really really kind of escalates everything but to his credit his paranoia is yeah. actually on point he's just so dumb <laughs> and and flies off the hook that he doesn't know how to manage it properly and that leads to like a series of of you know blunders and things like that but you're right gilberto thanks to agent pena in the show is arrested against the wishes of his own superiors right yes because it, it, there's a character cia cia bill they make it hey. very clear that these are these are things that need to be left alone because there are interests that the government has has in keeping the way things are the way things are mm-hmm. so um so there's that but now that gilberto is in prison Miguel has to step up. Now, Miguel has been repressed all these years being playing second fiddle and never being taken seriously. North Valley catches on to that. And, well, we saw it in season two. We see it again in season three. North Valley makes their move against Cali, much in the same way that um, Pablo did. Pablo did, right? Um, the Cali did to Pablo, you know. So history repeats itself. It gets very messy. They yeah. underestimated, they underestimated it, them for sure. Miguel, you'd never really, you'd never really see it coming. But he is just as hot headed, if not more, than his own son. Like mm. you see where his his yeah. anger comes from. Mm. Like when. I mean, come on. The dude sent a bunch of North Valley guys to the North Valley guys in a refrigerator. Yeah, that, the, bro, that was sick the way they did that. Like, oh, my gosh. They it was bad. Refrigerator. And so, yeah, things just started to really escalate where that was concerned. Yeah. And it got to the point, you know, they did a lot of cat and mouse in season three. Just... It ended up coming to a point where they started, okay, we're really not going to catch these guys like this. We got to go after the money trail. That's Mm -hmm. what's really going to nab them. True to life. Yeah. 
They follow the money trail. But they also have something fall into their lap as well. Yeah, the when they go after Miguel the first time, they end up getting that copy of the ledger that well, Miguel asked for from well, Palomari. I Not wasn't even, even talking about that. Yeah. I was talking about Jorge Sal- Salcedo. Yeah, yeah. Salcedo. Oh, yeah, the him too. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's kind of the driving force that kind of brought down the fall of Miguel also, you know? Yeah, true. And he's the guy that we were kind of on the edge of our seat. Will he make it to the end of the season? Will he? Will he get killed because he, he get for- put? In, he gets put into a lot of compromising positions. Yeah, and and what made it that much more uh, nerve wracking is at least they portrayed him in the show as like a really, really. I mean, obviously he was working for the cartel, mm-hmm. but. He was a he was an actual down to earth nice guy, really. who was trying to get out of the game. Yeah, like he literally at when we first meet him, he's retiring because he wants to go. He doesn't want to deal with all of this stuff, and he wants to open up his own private security firm. Miguel brings him back, you know, with the the promise that hey, in six months we're going to surrender, but I need you for these to get me through these six months. It turns out. Jorge is kind of the the reason for his downfall. Yeah. You know, because Jorge gets into again this position where the DEA is kind of um tightening their grip and and really, you know, um getting close to getting Cali and his he's put in this position where it's like, okay, I'm at the point now where the next failure I'm going to get killed or, or it's, my family is going to get killed. I need to find a way to get out. So he actually reaches out to the DEA, to Van Ness and Feistel, um, and, and says, listen, if you get me and my family out of Colombia, safe and sound, I'll give you Miguel. Mm-hmm. So you've got, all, you've got three things working here. Yeah. You've got um, Jorge, the, the head of security for the cartel. You have them going after um, Palomari, who is the cartel's main accountant, and then you've got um, the banker guy. What's what's his name? I forgot what his name is. Who not Juan? Jurado. Um, Jurado. Yes. All right. And so he's the guy that they're really going after because they found a pressure point in his wife, who's an American, but who's also all hopped up on drugs, and they see her as the entry point to get to Harado. That doesn't quite work out so well. Yeah, because then she gets captured first and then by the by Callie. They're able to get her away, but then Callie puts a hit out on Harado in prison and he gets shanked. Yeah. So that doesn't work out, period. Yep. And they realize at that point there is a mole within the government. They just didn't know how high this this corruption went. And apparently went to the highest office. Yeah. So, and that's the real bombshell this season. And it shows you just how powerful Callie actually grew to be. Mm-hmm. Like, as again, as they went through this whole process of catching and this and that, and um, with the whole, and they got the ledger and all that, once they followed the money trail, you find out that this guy, Gilberto, bought the president's campaign 
in Colombia. And the presidency in the a sense, himself. right? Basically, like a get out of get out of jail free card kind of thing. It's wow. That was like crazy. But you know what's worse in the a sense? The US knew about it. Exactly. And they you know. wanted to keep it like to keep that intact. So Agent Pena did everything in his power to derail his career because he was like, you know what? I can't stand for that. You know, um, I can't sit here and, and knowingly let these guys because they were going to capture all of them. And in his mind, it really didn't make a difference because the president was bought already by the cartel. So they were going to get out regardless of what happens. And the U.S. kind of knew about it. And they were like, well, he's uh, the president that we have is is a guy that's friendly to the U.S. He's he's going to help further our policy in the region. Um, so we got to kind of look the other way when it comes to his his corruption and stuff. Pena wasn't having any of that. So he, he went after everybody hard and. In the end, he got everybody, right? Yeah, it was, oh, my God. The, the way that they had you on the edge of your seat, man. Like, wow. And it was just like they won, finally, but, like, at a really scathing cost. Yeah, not But even they finally that. did it. The, the, the victory wasn't even, like... It was very bittersweet. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It, it didn't even feel really like a victory at all. I mean, they they got, you know, they got the the Cali cartel. The Godfathers were put into jail. They also uh, exposed. Two of them died. Two, oh Pacho. yeah, no. Pacho yeah, died. Pacho Chepe got. What about Chepe? Chepe is interesting, oh, wait, no. right? Because not only not only the way he surrendered, but the way he died. And how he got there, right? Yeah. So, like, just really quickly, when he surrendered, two cops come into, like, a restaurant. And they're like, dude, you got to come with us. And he's like, hold, hold on. Dude, you got to come, come, come with us. Who do you think called you here, dudes? Sit down, have a plate, and wait until I'm done. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's so and that's how his arrest went. Yeah. And then... When he breaks out of jail, right? Because he, he wasn't having that. He found out that what was it that happened? That that um the brothers got extradited. They brought that back, right? Because the corruption in terms of the presidency was exposed mm -hmm. through through Pena's actions and stuff. Yep. So he was like, "Nah, I'm not doing that." So. So he gets out, and it looks like he's going to get the Don Berna treatment because at the end of season two, Berna gets set up with the Castaños brothers, and they're the guys who ran Los Pepes. Suffice it to say, it did not go the way we thought it would go because it looks like Chepe was being a little stingy with them, and they didn't like that. So they shot him in front of a truck. Yeah, you know. so. but you're forgetting one of the best parts, the escape. Mm -hmm. You don't remember that? No. So he he found out that they were going to extradite him. He wasn't having it. His people came in and literally 
<laughs> took out the screws from from all the jail cells and walked them out of prison. Oh, I forgot about that. It wasn't that there was this big elaborate escape. No, they came with screwdrivers <laughs> and drills oh and God. in front of the guards took down the doors and walked them out to prison. Wow. But that was that, that was that was the level of of corruption and and the level of arrogance that these drug pin these drug kingpins had they literally thought they could do whatever they wanted and nobody would hold them would hold them account to it until they did yeah but you know it it, it everyone it, paid the price everyone paid the price and the ending shot uh one of the ending shots of season three you know, you talked about victory and stuff, but it, it's kind of like a Pyrrhic victory, right? Because even though they did all of that stuff, one of the ending shots was Pena on the farm with his with his father. They just tr- took down in three seasons of the show, right? Mm-hmm. The two biggest cartels of the world, but yet Pena's Pena's father's farm is literally on the edge of a river and on the edge of the on the river itself you see the guys transporting drugs in full view and it's mm-hmm. like you know there's there's a point where you can see in in the actor's face you know what did i sacrifice for right because all of the things that we had to go through to get these guys what did it actually accomplish right yeah, and I think that was the biggest takeaway from that scene yeah. was that you know he's overlooking at overlooking this river and saying you know what we did all the work we've lost so many so many people and what did it accomplish so mm-hmm. you know it was it was a really bittersweet ending to sure. season three. Mm-hmm. So any last takes on this? I mean, I have you have you done any look into real life versus Narcos life, Netflix life. Um, I did a little bit. Most of what I found confirmed the show, but I really want to just for the end of this podcast want to show, I guess, the enduring kind of you know twisted sense legacy of Pablo Escobar because believe it or not, people are still talking about this guy to this day. Listen, they made a show about him how many years after yeah. his death, right? Decades. So I'm, I'm looking at this article by the New York Times, and I'm just going to read, like, the title of this article. I can't see the rest of it. It's really annoying because they got this, like, hey, you want to buy the thing or whatever? But just oh to give gosh. you a, a little, <laughs> just to show you guys just one of the, just, I'm going to read it. It says, Hon or John Jairo Velasquez, 57 dies. Escobar henchman turned YouTube star. I have yet to read that article. I know it's going to be a doozy, but like, geez. (laughs) Some bizarre, like, whenever his name comes up, you can expect something absolutely bizarre, even after the fact he's not even here anymore. Yeah. Other big thing that's really going on recently. Escobar's hippos when <laughs> causing <laughs> havoc in Colombia. <laughs> 
because he bought himself a whole zoo. And obviously, when he had to go on like the run and stuff, like he wasn't up keeping that zoo anymore. One of the biggest problems there to this day is that the hippos, they're like an invasive species. And so they're like growing out of control and like, <laughs> oh my God. like, I don't mean to laugh, but can you guys see what I'm talking about in terms of whenever this guy comes up, there is something bizarre attached to it. Pablo started a hippo invasion. <laughs> I mean, and in terms of like, wouldn't the- it be awesome? One of, one of the, one of the biggest other, the, the other biggest export of Colombia is coffee, right? Mm. Why don't we have hippo coffee right now? <laughs> a hippo branded coffee. Yes. <laughs> that was amazing. And just to like, like that's kind of been, but the most recent news, at least about the hippos, is that they finally found a way to like deal with this problem. They're what they're gonna do oh is they're gonna sterilize <laughs> all these hippos. <laughs> Like after all this time, oh they God. finally figured out what to do with them. And I think in 2020, the year before, they had like this court case that was all about the hippos and whether or not they were to be treated like human, like humans. Look, I'm going to read. This is from the Washington Post now. Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos are legally people. U.S. court rules. Oh, my gosh. That is horrible. <laughs> I just and that followed the next year with we're gonna sterilize these hippos. <laughs> they're legally people. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess they had because they're they trying to IDs. figure out they're trying to figure out what to do with them. <laughs> they so IDs. they have to go through this whole process. Like, okay, how do we deal with them? Do we approach them as people? How like they, they're not wait, like, wait, how are they put into the legal system? Excuse that's what me, I'm wondering. <laughs> Mr. Harry Hippo. Yeah, that's exactly. So okay, so what? Corporations are people. Hippos are people. Oh my god. What's next? Like it just it's so bizarre the 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 dark legacy this guy is left behind. That's a very dark. That's a very dark legacy. <laughs> Oh my God! Putting to the legal system as hippo, like multiple hippos. Well, no. When, when I say that they're legally like um, recognized as hippos, like they can't just go around shooting them, and that's how they're going to get rid of legally them. Legally recognized as people. You said. You said legally. Le- yeah, legally. No, you said legally recognized as hippos. <laughs> what I did. <laughs> that's how crazy the story is. <laughs> They're no longer recognized as hippos. They're recognized as people. (laughs) I can send you the article so that you can like... No, that's okay. (laughs) I believe you. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Uh, Again, like, after all this time, they finally found out what to do with these poor animals. (laughs) Like... Oh my God! Point, point. The case in point here is that if you have nothing to do, you want to get into your next show. You want to taste for some historically bizarre, uh, uh, historically bizarre content. 
I give you Narcos, man. <laughs> I give you Narcos. Narcos is is too crazy to not be true. And so. I apologize if it sounds like we're taking this lightly, but just like it's so bizarre. Yeah, it, yeah. it's it defies belief. Pablo's bizarre adventure. <laughs> Literally. Oh my gosh. You know. Jeez, man. But I mean, yeah, it's insane. Um, I mean, and you know what? The the thing about it, the fact that it's so insane is like most of the stunts that Pablo pulled, I mean, like the Cali cartel as well, but mainly like Pablo, because Pablo, let's be, let's be real, let's be real here. Pablo pulled like more stunts, like he pulled the craziest. He almost got elected. Yeah, he, he almost got elected. All of his stunts were practically, were, no, were true. Yeah, I know. Nothing. That he nothing he did in the show wasn't real, and it Didn't feels happen. and it feels like it's so crazy. There's no way you can tell me it, it happened, yeah. but it actually did. Yeah, season so. one and season two are especially like especially accurate to the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the to the real life event, but like, bro, I mean, everything was real about it. I don't think there was really anything in in the in the show that. Yeah, like even just like corroborating with Wikipedia and a couple other one-off articles, there was nary a detail that the I mean, show yeah. really I, twisted and got wrong. And you Murphy, can tell, yeah. you can tell that they really leaned into it because they were actually using archival footage from back then. They Not were even just that pictures they, and videos and things like that. They brought in Pena and Murphy for the show. They literally had them. Uh, oh, they them, were collaborating with the yeah, show. They literally had them give gives them. They literally gave them the story, their their experience with the wow, with really? the task force, etc., cetera, huh. etc. Cetera. So I mean, Damn. this was full on, obviously dramatic, uh, dramatized, yeah. dramatized. But like, it, this is very true to the actual historical event. That's crazy. Yeah. But, All right. Um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this uh, retrospective of Narcos. Um, if you guys haven't watched it, uh, I think it's definitely worth a watch. I mean, it, it is one of the most popular uh, series on Netflix right now, and popular for a reason. You know, it's been popular for like five years. Yeah. yeah. All right. On that note, we're we're gonna sign off here. Um, we're coming up against the hour and a half uh, time frame. So, guys, Hello. may Ooh. our here we go paths. We didn't wait. Are we saying like any goodbyes? Yeah. Okay. Goodbye. This I'm is Walt. Later. Yeah, this is AJ. Buenos noches or buenos noches or dias wherever you're listening to this from. Yes. Plomo o plata. I don't think we I don't think we should threaten our viewers. <laughs> Have a good day, Golder Lead. <laughs> no, may our may our I I don't I have a feeling I'm gonna say something. May our may drug our routes. Trade yeah, routes. That's exactly what I was gonna say. May our trade routes cross again. But you know still technically it wouldn't make sense. Imagine like two trucks colliding with each other for like no, 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 okay. But with no, the but trade the, route, you can regulate the traffic, and plus you can you can do the planes. One flies over the other. Yeah, true. But like, let's just say like can't do it both. If stuff. we're talking, wait, are we talking regular trade routes? Yeah, normal trade routes. Okay. 
I'm. I, I don't want to. I don't want to endorse drugs here. Yeah, don't marriage. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're gonna, no, no, no. After this podcast releases, all of a sudden we're gonna have like DA agents rappelling down the side of the building and crashing through our windows. Right? <laughs> I don't think we want that. Yeah. So. May our hippos not. <laughs> <laughs> May our hippos cross again. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? May our trade routes cross again. There you go. All right, later, people. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 <laughs>